14 minutes it is before 8 p.m. We now uh, wrap up our top business stories that are moving markets at the, st- uh, well, I shouldn't say at the start of this new week, but uh, on this uh, Tuesday, as uh, we uh, reflect, and I'm joined by the head of trading at Merit Securities, Pinda Mangoloti. Pinda, good evening to you. Good evening. 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 Uh, I'm good, yeah. my brother. I'm good. And uh, I certainly hope the rains come in much stronger because uh, if you heard some of the opening remarks I was making about uh, the agricultural sector, uh, it seems that uh, they are in need of uh, some drastic relief uh, in order to ensure that uh, the harvests happen and uh, much of the much-needed planting also happens as well. But, uh, Pinda, I want us to first talk about the construction sector here. Now, Rubex, uh, which is one of the companies, this is Azio, in uh, the uh, uh, construction of roads and uh, similar infrastructure there. They've declared a dividend in what is, in essence, a very tough environment uh, for many other construction players, the likes of Group 5, Avenge, uh, Murray and Roberts, and many others uh, find themselves either uh, in business rescue, in a liquidation process, in some kind of restructuring, or in a situation much worse than, I guess, what we would have seen probably half a decade ago. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I mean, I think you and I, we've we've, uh, we've probably had two or three conversations in and around the the construction sector in in totality, Um, whether we are examining the the, the quarterly labor um, statistics um, from from StatSA, we will zoom in in the construction where most of the jobs are being lost in that sector, right? Or we're talking about the, the quarterly GDP numbers and seeing how over the last couple of years, including year to date, how the construction sector has been um, contracting. So it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, these numbers from Robert actually tell you a sort of like different story, right? Um, though it's isolated uh, to one business. Right. And also you find that people actually will ask themselves, um, I'm in an area where almost every other month or every other quarter uh, there's construction or there mm. is a high rise going up. And yet we're talking about a struggling um, construction sector. Um, and as you mentioned in the intro, where we have a couple of companies who are under liquidation and we have a couple of companies as well who have um, undertaken overseas expansion and those haven't worked out. Mm. And, and people are asking, but um, rebuilding. Uh, but remember, uh, what happens is that um, with, these, uh, with these construction um, projects that we're seeing now, these are probably um, as a result of work that was awarded uh, or contracts which was won by a particular company back, say, four or five years. So their order book uh, continues to roll. Uh, so that's not necessarily a, um, a true reflection of what's basically happening now, mm. which is a dire situation. And anyway, coming back to Robex, um, dividend, interim dividend, um, up about 80, um, I think it was 83 percent, I stand to be corrected, um, to about 22 cents. Um, some of the highlights uh, from the numbers, revenues top line was up one, uh, rather was down about 1.9 percent, not much, I mean, to about 4.4 billion. Um, operating profits were up 37%. Um, and then if you look at the, the, the order book, which is quite important when we, when one is analyzing, um, your, a, a, a construction stock, mm. um, is that their order book actually has rose, has risen to about 8%. 
and to about 9.08 billion rand. So basically, this is now work the, which the company has either started doing or is going to be doing in the future. Mm. Um, however, you one needs to sort of like look into the uh, the breakdown in terms of the divisions or segmentally within the company. Um, the, the you know the, the star performer um, is the uh, um, is the uh, infrastructure division, infrastructure division, uh, which basically is a big recipient um, of the um, RIP uh, triple P uh, and also um, solar project. Mm. Um, this particular division saw revenues um, climbing about uh, 21%, and their order book um, also up as well about three billion. So basically, the the total order book. Um, of the company, most of that is coming from the infrastructure division, while the the materials with the, these now will be the the quarry, the crushing, and so forth, and also roads and uh, and earthworks. Those, unfortunately, those actually their revenues in terms of contribution overall to the group um, that was down. But in terms of order book, um, the company also did see a bit of pickup in that uh, in, in in those two divisions. Mm. And it certainly, I guess, is an indication here of. Uh, uh, a lot of, um, I guess, the uptick uh, associated with, uh, I would say, public infrastructure investment. Because if you look at where uh, the big orders uh, or the big tenders are expected to come through from, it's from Sunral, it's from the likes of the airports company, which we spoke to uh, here on uh, Metro FM Talk sometime last week, uh, uh, which is refurbishing their Johannesburg and the Cape Town uh, operations and many other uh, SOEs that, uh, I guess, in many ways are giving this much-needed uh, lifeline here to the construction sector. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, if, uh, if if we see continued um, investment um, or, 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 or let's call it expenditure, especially from the um, from from the government side and also even from the private sector, um, that will actually give a huge impetus to some of these uh, some of these uh, um, construction companies. Um, hence, the likes of Robex, um, their interim numbers. Um, or first six months of 2020, financial year 2020, reporting a rather good um, set of numbers. And also, um, the the other thing that's quite important as well mm. is how they see the future. Sure. Pinda, um, Pinda I want us yeah. to maybe pause there for a second, and uh, we'll come yeah. back and continue with that uh, note there of uh, how we see Robex uh, and their future. Seven minutes it is now before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk with me, Ayamong Akawa. We're wrapping up our top business stories, and uh, I'm joined to do this by the head of trading at Merit Securities, Pinda Mangoloti. Pinda, uh, you were still uh, outlining to us, I guess, uh, some of the future prospects here for a company like Robex. And uh, it seems uh, their strategy refresh uh, a few years ago was uh, paying dividends, uh, if uh, I'm to use that particular pun. But it's quite clear also that uh, there might be a silver lining here in uh, the clouds uh, in the near future for this particular construction company. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, the, the, the outlook from the company generally positive. Um, and the one sort of aspect um, that was, um, when you go through the numbers, was sort of like disappointing, um, the, the materials division. The company is actually expecting a turnaround from that, mm. uh, which is quite cool, which is quite good as well. Um, I mean, this, um, again, reflected in how the stock reacted or how the market reacted uh, to, um, to the news, pushing the stock, uh, I think, about 3% on intraday basis. Um, and also, if uh, if one looks at their acquisition in Australia as well, um, company noting that um, consistently um, their investment in Australia has been delivering good results, and they expect that to continue into the foreseeable future. Um, so, if you do hold this stock, um, it looks like um, the the headlines out of the company specifically um, are looking positive.
Hmm, okay. Let's shift our attention now to uh, Telcom, which uh, released their interim results earlier on today, and uh, they do, did so in a context of a lot of, um, uh, I guess, uh, speculation in the rumor mill about uh, whether or not they're going to acquire Celsi, uh, but also, I guess, reporting much weaker than expected profits uh, in light of, um, I guess, some glowing numbers there when it uh, comes to how many customers uh, they are serving on uh, the mobile network side. Yeah, um, just to address the the, the rumors part mm. uh, of, of of our topic, like it, it's not only Telcom alone um, who the market is rumor um, that um, all over the market is talking yes, as indeed. a potential China future. Mobile as well, uh, China Mobile, mm. right, and also um, our yellow guys, the Fourteenth Avenue, um, mm. MTN. Yeah. Uh, but I think from from a competition point of view, I don't think MTN will be allowed. To sort of like um, take over Celsi, uh because as you see, as one can um, observe in terms of our um, in terms of our um, network operators um, locally, um, MTN and Vodacom those are the leaders, and then you have the number three and number four, which is Telcom and also Celsi. Um So it, it, it it's more likely that um, let's say Comcom will actually allow number three and number four to actually merge. Um, because of then, let's say, synergies. Because you, then you have two players, one um, both um, still trying to eat up um, a bit of market um, uh, market share uh, to Vodacom and MTN, but both of them are struggling. One is uh, is making money in um, in a form of telecom um, and continues to invest in their infrastructure, whereas the other one is um, well, I guess since it sort of like um, came into the market, um, has been struggling. And what it has, or, or what it tended to do in the past, is that it, it borrowed to try and uh, and build their own infrastructure. And all of those, unfortunately, those debts, huge debts, um, have sort of like now come home to roost, as the saying goes. Um, so it's likely that these two might combine. Um, and if you look at how the share price is one of telecom, which telecom was a combination of two things. The market today was up 40 basis points, um, and also the results, which were not particularly bad, because the market, or rather the company, did actually guide us um, that we did a reporting um, slightly lower numbers. That's what we saw. Uh, and also, if you look at uh, Blue Label Telecoms, uh, which is the shareholder in Celsius, mm. the share price as well, um, gaining as much as 12% on intraday basis. And I think by end of the day, um, closing about 9.43%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's stay in the telco sector for a second here. Uh, MTN and Huawei, uh, it seems the partnership continues here to uh, launch fifth generation technology. I remember uh, it was probably just over a year ago uh, in Hatfield, they had a soft launch there uh, between these two partners. Uh, and it seems now that uh, uh, it's all systems go uh, for a, a full launch and rapid deployment in the next few years or so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, rather good news, in fact. Um, I mean, if uh, if if one tracks closely um, the, the 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 tech sector, um, you would you would have heard and read um, um, in terms of um, the the first player in 5G in the country, uh, which is Rain, which they then officially, I think, beginning of this week or end of last week, officially launched now 5G. Um, to the rest of the um, of their um, current existing subscribers, 
Um, and if you if if one look at the at the speed, which is one of the other advantages which comes with the fifth generation, um, the test that was done, I uh, think by my broadband, I tend to be corrected. Um, it showed upload speed or download speed of um, something like uh, 500 um, megahertz, sorry, 500 um, uh, megabytes right, per second. And if you contrast that to the test which is done by Huawei and MTN, um, uh, the, the, the results actually showed something like 1.6 gigabytes per second. That's mm. an extremely, that's an insane amount of speed in terms of those people who, um, I'm sure Tuma would, would attest to this. And these guys, they consume a lot of... <laughs> they, they consume, consume a lot of data. Of, uh, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, if you, if, you, if you think about it, we are moving into an era where we are now live streaming just about anything. Um, and for that, you, 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 would, you, you would love a, a, an, an environment where if one, you are downloading a, mm. a movie file or if you are downloading a music file, and, should, and let me just put a disclaimer here in terms of these files, um, all of these files downloaded in the legal website. Yes, yes, we don't, support, we don't support piracy here. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. the other mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. 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 don't support piracy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not there. Uh, so basically, um, with, uh, with MTN and Huawei, um, with this uh, with this uh, recent test, um, absolutely showing very good results. Yeah. Um, in fact, this is this is more a continuation, basically, of a um, of a memorandum of understanding which was signed back um, early in the year in uh, in Barcelona, Spain, where MTN and uh, and Huawei were looking at um, at, uh, at at uh, at a partnership where the two companies were working in things like um, active data growth. Uh, this is data warehousing, and if you look at the global players in terms of data warehousing, um, specifically the top 10, um, Huawei is counted there. So basically Huawei is big in the space, and also the other, um, uh, what, let's say, um, part of that agreement uh, was in terms of mobile finance services, which MTN is already involved in that. But now with the introduction of this, um, of this, uh, um, uh, what uh, let's call it, relationship in terms of launching um, 5G going forward, um, also AI and also AR. Uh, so AR is uh, augmented reality. Right. So basically, I mean, this this is going to be big one for mm. both the players, uh, and secondly for you and I as the consumers um, in terms of uh, in terms of what on, in terms of the immense applications. Um, that this uh, this uh, fast generation will bring into our daily mm. Last question uh, on my end, Pinda, and I guess it has to do with uh, a story we've been uh, taking a look at since the start of this new week. It was that announcement by Asilo Metal that they're going to be closing down the Asaldana uh, Steelworks uh, and uh, I guess uh, take some of that demand to the Afanda Bale Park uh, Steelworks. This on the back of lower global steel prices and uh, some cost pressures on their operations and uh, the... Uh, Ministry of Trade and Industry and Competition here coming out and saying, "Hey, we'd like you guys to reconsider this." Yeah, man. It's uh, if, if if one just looks at the headline um, in isolation, um, this seems rather um, abrupt that you are um, now winding down the Saldana Bay work um, plant and that you um, that you looking to actually complete that winding down process by first quarter of 2020. I mean that's uh, that's that 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 looks rather rapid. Uh, however, if you if you if you look back in terms of um, how the company itself has um, has communicated its plans 
um, specifically within the within the within South Africa, um, is that they started. I think in the second quarter of this year, where they put out a a proposed operational review in terms of the uh, South African plants, specifically zooming in, in plants where they, they they're not making financial sense, and also in terms of the contribution to the overall group. Um, you know, it, 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 it's not that great. And also the fact that um, some of these plants, unfortunately, including Saldana, um, is that they, they, they're seeing more and more in terms of their input costs or raw material prices um, going up. Um, I guess what's, what's, what one can sort of like read into this and be, let's say, encouraged by the fact that now we have the DTI, we have the Western Cape government, um, and all the other stakeholders um, sort of like coming out and urging um, Asalmita rather not to close the plant, um, rather look at other alternatives, um, specifically mentioning that they can look at into actually selling um, that particular plant. Um, so there was an extension. Uh, so with the extension, basically, what it, well, in my mind, I don't know what it does, it sort of brings in a possibility that um, the, the actual winding down of the plant might just mm. be delayed uh, as the government now is sort of like hands-on in trying to, one, safeguard the jobs yeah. um, that will possibly be lost in that particular plant, uh, and also trying to come up with either solutions which will help acelometal uh, or an alternative which would be then, let's say, um, uh, you know, considering or, or rather even um, generating interest in terms of a potential buyer of that. Yeah, it's, a, it's certainly a tough one here. And uh, I was asking this question, Isolo and Apinda, that, uh, you know, for me, it's, uh, this is probably one of the examples of why uh, you wouldn't want to privatize a strategic asset like a steel uh, producer. And uh, I guess the cows are coming home, uh, or I should say the chickens are coming home to roost for uh, that yeah. uh, particular ISCO privatization. But uh, let's certainly hope that, uh, I guess, uh, you know, Minister Patel and uh, the uh, government broadly is able uh, to uh, find uh, uh, Metal on this particular question because we do know that uh, Ibrahim Patel has been having conversations with Metal and some of its uh, own suppliers of iron ore uh, to try and see how they can resolve some of the issues around uh, cost and even on the trade policy side of things also pro- provide some uh, tariff protection for the industry. So um, uh, one certainly hopes that those two initiatives are going to be able to reverse this particular decision to close that plant in Saldana because uh, it might lead to massive uh, and uh, adverse economic implications for that area. Absolutely. I agree. Pinda, we'll have to leave it there, my brother. Always a pleasure to catch up with you. And uh, uh, that there is Pinda Mangolotti, the head of trading at Merit Securities, helping us this evening to take a look at uh, some of the top uh, stories in the world of business that are moving markets. We're going to take a brief break now. And when we come back, we go into our SMME exchange. And I'll be joined by Zande Africa. Uh, They are going to be launching next week a new advanced hypermarket facility. Uh, This is specifically developed for the needs of the informal uh, retail sector here in South Africa. And uh, we're going to be speaking to uh, Sian Dutela, CEO and co-founder at Zande. And he's going to tell us all about Zande and more importantly, uh, what they're launching next week and what that means uh, for the informal retail sector in our townships. You don't want to miss that one.